This is Wrestling is for Girls, a podcast where for 25 episodes now, we have talked to you about Raw and SmackDown, pay-per-views, and all kinds of wrestling news. I am Jillian, and I'm 25 episodes wiser. And with me, as always, is Abigail. Abigail, do you have anything you'd like to say about us being 25 episodes in? I mean, 25 is generally considered to be the age at which your frontal lobe is finished developing. So congratulations, podcast. You're ready to make adult decisions. Your brain is fully baked. Uh, You can go anywhere from here. Ooh, it can rent a car. Mm -hmm. It's like real adulthood. Yeah, (laughs) Can rack up student debt. Well, you could do that much earlier, I guess. Well, it doesn't. Yeah, I... (laughs) I won't be able to cover it. (laughs) Shall we jump into SmackDown from this week? I think it's time. I guess it's technically last week, but the show opens. We see Jimmy Uso, who we're going to see loads of Jimmy Uso all throughout SmackDown, which is zero complaints from me. Um, Talking backstage with Kayla. He's tried to contact Jay, but they haven't spoken. It's been hard, right? Like he called, he texted. He sent up some smoke signals. He got out a Ouija board. He got a billboard. He did a skywriter. Jimmy has done everything. And none of it's everything. working. And he's just none like, I guess, I guess meet me in the ring. Because <laughs> we <laughs> definitely have way. to hash out these family problems in front of everybody in the world. You know, he's basically like, bro, please don't wait till Memorial Day. First of all, it's after WrestleMania. And second of all, I don't want you to ruin the family holiday like that. We don't want to be like the Mysterios. (laughs) Oh, God. They're like, please, let's not be the Mysterios. (laughs) So after this, we see a fun match with Madcap, Ricochet, and Braun. I did not expect these three to be together. And then uh, Imperium. I mean, Ricochet and Braun are our favorite twosome at the moment. But, like, throwing Madcap in there was kind of, I guess you could say Madcap. It was a little Madcap. It was the odd thruple. <laughs> that was amazing. Well done. I mean, I feel, like, I feel like you get a lot of odd man tag teams, but very rarely do you get an odd man thruple going. <laughs> um, I noticed something that I've never seen uh, Ludwig Kaiser do before. So, you know, when they come down the ramp and, like, Gunter takes off his coat and he like hands it back to Ludwig and he like spins it around his arm this time I don't know if he's done this before and I never noticed but this time he just like he does all that and then just drops it on the floor it's like what is the point of all this this was literally my first thing to ask you about (laughs) with this match of like big overture little show like does Gunther realize you're doing this or every time is Ludwig like oh I it must have fallen over god I know. Is this like some subtle dig at Gunter? Like, I'm sick of carrying your coat, asshole. Because he like spins it around. I thought the point of that was like, so it didn't hit the floor. Like, I'm taking care of your jacket, sir. But they just like dump it on the floor. <laughs> so I think, I think his service kink only goes so far. <laughs> and I think maybe like he still cares enough to do all that for Gunther. But not enough to actually take care of the coat. We're keeping up appearances at this point. Yeah. I hope, I would love it if it was just like the beginning of the end of Imperium. <laughs> just like step <laughs> one. Coat, dude. Ludwig threw the coat on the ground. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Giovanni sees it and says nothing because he too is frustrated and also mad that he never gets to hold the coat. What is he doing wrong? <laughs> 
He's too shiny. It's fair. So I, I wrote a note about how I think Ricochet is probably the coolest wrestler. Like, he does the most yeah. insane shit. Like, watching him in, in this match was so, like, joyful to me. Like, he was just, like, energetic and all over the place. And I was like, I wrote down, I was like, I think he could legit be an acrobat. Like, he's just, like, the flippiest flipper. I think that's really fair. Like, Ricochet operates on video game physics. Yeah. Absolutely. He can just do... So there was this thing, and I'm not going to describe it well, but, like, he sort of, like, jumps up, and he lands on the rope with his shins. Yes! And flips over, and I was yeah. like, you have to stop rubbing it in, okay? Because the rest of us <laughs> mere mortals cannot do this shit. Like, this morning, He's going to hover. I, I once again hurt myself on a desk drawer this morning, so oh. I don't want to see this anymore. You know? Sorry. It hurts. Physically and emotionally. Yeah, like I'm just waiting for him to somehow like I like I said hover a- above the ring somehow or like mm-hmm. I don't know, evaporate and reappear somewhere else. Like he's crazy. He's going to point to the WrestleMania sign and then just take off and fly into it. <laughs> Snap his fingers and then just appear sitting on it cross-legged like hello. Yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um as usual, I pay more attention to like the relationships happening in the match than the actual wrestling itself. So uh, when Drew came out, I was very excited because it's always exciting to see Drew. And I love how he just like comes out casually in like yeah. his leather jacket and his t-shirt and jeans. It's like, <laughs> don't mind me. I'll just be romance novel cover posing over here while I watch the match with like weird interest. He looked very smug. Mm-hmm. And he looked like so normally I think Drew looks like the boyfriend in the romance novel, but last week I thought he looked a little bit like the bad boyfriend. Oh, okay. You know, like the heroine has the the good boyfriend who she should be with because he's like hardworking and honest and patriotic and has a square jaw and all of these other wonderful traits. But then there's like the bad boyfriend who's like alluring and mysterious and sometimes treats her bad, but it's because of his dark past. That's Drew was rocking that look. So we're basically talking about Bill, Sookie and Eric, right? From Drew. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> Hard Eric last week. Hard Although Eric. I Drew does look more like a werewolf from <laughs> like he would be hanging out with El Cid, but I we, definitely agree with you. We are not introducing Alpha and Omega Dynamics into this <laughs> podcast. You bite your filthy tongue. Don't worry. I won't do that. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. Next week on Alphas and Omegas <laughs> with a girl. No. Oh, no. I can't do it. I would die. <laughs> oh, God. I would die. I would die. Man, if we applied that lens to everything, just everything would implode. Write that down. There's something in that. So do you think that Drew showed up because, like, he wants the IC title? Or do you think it's because he wants to just, like, kick Imperium's ass in general? I mean, I feel like I feel like Drew probably wants that title, okay. which is going to be rough. Because remember, Seamus wrote all that poetry about wanting that title. Oh, Ooh, you're City. right. Good memory. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't forget a poem. <laughs> Especially by a delicate Irishman. <laughs> Solidarity. I yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Um Imperium wins this match. They Were did. you at all expecting that? 
I kind of was because like Madcap is just happy to be here, right? Yeah. So like when you introduce yes. Madcap, I don't assume he's been drafted <laughs> to the winning team. Like he definitely got picked last in gym class once again. Yeah. He was like so fired up. Like he yeah. was so fired up. I was like, okay, buddy. But I, I love I love the enthusiasm he brings. I don't think he's doing anything wrong. I just no, no he's I, I just don't really care about him yet. I would like to care right. about him, but I'm not there yet. Like Emma has not made me care about him. <laughs> he's on my JV roster. You yeah. know, like he hasn't made varsity yet. Yeah. So then Drew looks like he's going to beat up Gunther, but then they were attacked. He was attacked from behind by the Viking Raiders. Was which he kind attacked or raided? Me. Ooh, nice. Mm. Mm. And then Seamus comes out to help. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah. So Drew does this thing. I think we might have talked about it before, but like they're all done, right? The It's just like Seamus and Drew That's... are left. <laughs> He's just like, well, I guess I got to take my shirt off now. It's, it's Drew, a classic you don't Jeff Hardy move. You don't have to take your shirt off, Drew. It's okay. Like, <laughs> But it's so funny because I swear I hear like the lady sounds amplified just ever so slightly in the crowd when he takes off his shirt. Everybody's like, Wee! look, like you're saying he shouldn't take off his shirt. I don't think that's really how you feel. And I also think that we did not elect you to speak for the girls gays and theys on this situation. <laughs> so like, let the rest of us live. please. That's true. I mean, he's fine with his shirt off. I also like clothing on. So I probably would have done well as a Victorian man once upon a time. You like a layer. <laughs> I do like Upon layers. a layer. You know, there's something to be said for a nice Henley underneath something else with a t-shirt under the Henley and something on top of the Henley. But you know what? When there's something to reveal, there's something to get excited about. I totally get it. Yeah. I wonder if it's weird to walk around in like tight jeans and no shirt. <laughs> it doesn't seem particularly comfortable to me. I don't know. It seems counterintuitive to me. It also, I guess, like, <laughs> I guess if you're living your life as a romance novel cover model, it's yeah. just what you do. It's who you are. <laughs> it's true. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, after this match, we see Rey Mysterio backstage, and he's ready to cut a promo mm -hmm. on Carrion. But then Santos Escobar interrupts, and I found this so funny because... He interrupts Ray to tell him how much he respects him. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how that's how that works, dude. It's real intern who wants to shake hands with the CEO every morning energy. <laughs> it's like such a backhanded compliment. I was like, does he really respect him or is he just trying to fuck with him? But as you know, as this is happening, Dom and Rhea show up. Yeah. And uh, we can add Santos Escobar to the number of people who want to beat up Dominic, I actually wrote down, get in line, Santos. <laughs> it is a long, long list. Um, I also really like that for whatever reason, Dominic was carrying a backpack like he just got home from school. <laughs> <laughs> he had his after school program. He's working on it. Uh, he's got his homework and the lunch pieces he didn't eat. Ugh. You know, his gym shorts he needs to wash. Gross. <laughs> I just really, like, remember looking at the look on Ray's face. Like, it was just like, how did I raise such trash? 
Right? He's like, everyone is right. I didn't beat you enough. (laughs) Not the way to go through life, Ray. (laughs) You know, he's thinking like, my other kids seem normal. Like really normal, really upstanding young people. Yeah. Where where did I go wrong? He's like going back through all the... I want him just to say to Dom, like, why can't you be more like your sister? (laughs) I think that would be really funny. Or, like, literally any other likable adult on the planet. (laughs) But your sister would be a great choice. So I have a question for you about Superstar Sunday. So Superstar Sunday is, like, a show thing where they kind of do a little bit of WWE documentary stuff that you can watch. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about WWE documentaries generally? I mean, okay. I think it's important to remember that these are corporate advertisements. Mm-hmm. So I think it's entirely possible to do a WWE documentary that's really interesting and fun and even like, you know, shows you something you didn't know or mm-hmm. takes a critical look at something. But at the end of the day, yeah, you know, yeah, the marketing department clears all that. So. That's what I was thinking, because I was like, I feel like I'd like watching them more if I knew that they were at all unbiased, and they absolutely aren't. It's just like, sometimes, I mean, I like, you can, like you said, you can learn stuff from these things, but I also like, I want the fucking dirt, I want the real story, and I don't think you're always going to get that. So, it had just, it was a question that popped in my head when I saw the ad for it, and I wanted to ask you. I think if that's what you're looking for, Vice has done a series. Okay. Of kind of like, you know, docuseries type thing about wrestling. And that might have more of what you're looking for. These are going to be like, you know, real authentic raw feelings that were carefully curated. <laughs> yes, in a lab. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we, we meet up again with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. He's backstage with Solo and Paul is lurking in the background. <laughs> as, as always. As he does fucking Renfield just always hovering <laughs> and Paul just kind of slinks out and tells Jimmy that you know leave Solo with him go talk to Jay mm-hmm. like and I guess he's kind of acting as the mouthpiece of Roman at this point right like he's Roman's kind of unofficial officially unofficial point man or whatever you want to call it not point man I don't know what the word is but like agent yeah I think that's apt like when Roman doesn't care enough to be there. Yeah. Hammond. When the fucking bloodline is falling apart and Roman's what? like, nah, nah, dude, I, I'm I'm taking a nap this week. He's like the crisis PR guy you bring in and like the boss stops coming to work and it's just yeah. getting really, really ugly. And you're pretty sure everyone's going to be laid off or the building will just be locked when you come in tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, that's, an, that's our that's our next Jimmy sighting for the evening. I think during this, Solo looked a little like he was going to burst into tears. And I was like, Jimmy's trying so hard to be the dad, but he's not that good at it. Solo never talks, right? Very like, rarely. Ever. I don't think I've ever heard him say much. I don't think I've ever heard him speak when he's with them at all. Solo eats the sushi and the steak on the bus. Okay? He's not here to orate. <laughs> uh, he does such a good job. He does. After this... We see our favorite Los Angeles night. He talked to us. And he was wearing that ugly ass vest. The ugly vest. I 
I immediately thought of you. I was like, oh, no, she's going to shit a brick. Like, why, man? Your black vest is so much cooler. This red vest is so dumb. It's really ugly, and someone needs to tell him. Dear dad, <laughs> ban the vest. Please. Um, I laughed really hard when Wade Parrott, your sometime husband, was saying, like, the happiest moments of his entire life over the last two years have been whenever he's near Ellie Knight. <laughs> Like, okay, so your spouse might have something to say about that, Wade. It is a hundred percent not nice to make fun of people in crisis, and Wade Barrett <laughs> obviously is because, like, come on. I mean, Wade must have been really upset when Los Angeles was buried under trash. I assume that that's how he got out. All those times we were like, <laughs> "How did he get out of there?" Because Wade Barrett went backstage during the commercial break and picked him out of the garbage. My best friend lovingly dusted him off and set him on his feet. That's uh, all I got. One, one thing I noticed, Ellie Knight has a had a very shiny chest, which oh. prompted me to ask, why do wrestlers so often just like oil their chest and don't oil any other part of themselves? I mean, I always assumed it was like a muscle definition thing because I feel like yeah. their arms are usually pretty greasy too. That makes sense. That makes sense. But as an alternative, maybe there's a slip and slide backstage that we don't know about. <laughs> He found it underneath a trash pile. <laughs> it's like, you guys are not going to believe this. Let me talk to you. It's like a party in 1987. It's amazing. <laughs> so he's going on kind of about how WrestleMania is in L.A. and you can't have L.A. without L.A. night or something like that. Yeah. And the New Day comes out to crash the party, which I absolutely love. Side question. Will we see Big E return at WrestleMania? I mean, I really hope so. If he's ready and safe to do so, I would love to see Big E at WrestleMania. Oh, wouldn't that be great? What a wonderful return. Even if he never wrestles again, I just want to see him hanging out with his buddies. Yeah, I just want him around. Like, there's got to be something my dude can do, you know? He's such he's a ray charming. of sunshine. Yeah. He's great. Um, I did laugh when uh, LA Knight called them Nerd Day. <laughs> I also enjoyed Nerd Day. It's pretty great. Well done, LA Knight. There's something that he said, and I wrote it down, but I don't think I heard him right. And I'm wondering if you heard him. But he said something like... Kavorka? Undeniable Kavorka? What the fuck is that? So I wrote that down, too. And apparently it's a Seinfeld thing. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I did, of course, I didn't take the time to like actually look it up. But So I, I guess on Seinfeld, somebody says it, and they say it means the lure of the animal. Oh, but it's just made up for Seinfeld. And I'm like, I'm probably going to offend a number of people by saying this, but I find Seinfeld to be powerful, boring. Just I like was never really into Seinfeld. Not my jam. So like I had to learn this from Urban Dictionary, but apparently oh. that's the undeniable Kavorka. Well, is it spelled K-E-V-O-R-K-A? Yeah. Yes. I love when I spell things right. <laughs> Even made up words. Okay. So, getting more into the minutia of Los Angeles night. Mm. I remember I referenced a while ago some graphic that was on his tiny pants uh, that covers the junk area. And it, at yes. first I was like, is that a word bubble? I couldn't tell what it was. But it's like a mask. It's a knight's mask. Oh. But it's like, kind of like one of those knight's masks where it's like metal and there's only like the eye 
the like opening on the eye and yep. there's like light coming out of it. So like I'm trying to reconcile this idea of like his like K N I G H T like angle of things. And there's like nothing about him that says K N I G H T about like anything he does to me except the no. fact that he has like an image of a knight on his dick. <laughs> I mean Maybe he's less into knights in the traditional sense and more into Knight Rider, but they wouldn't <laughs> let him do that for a variety of reasons. First of all, he has no talking car. That's true. So this was the compromise, was putting a knight on his genitals. Maybe maybe it was. I just, I don't know. Um, I guess I guess we don't need to understand why Ellie Knight does some of the things he does. Maybe, you know, he's not the knight that Los Angeles needs, but he is the knight they deserve. <laughs> Poor Los Angeles. I know. <laughs> Feel bad saying it. So this turns into a match against Kofi and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally didn't see anything really truly remarkable about the match. Like it seemed a little awkward in parts. Kofi's always great. I think LA's yeah. fine. I um but at the very end, like before they cut to commercial, Xavier Woods saying yeah over and over was probably the best part of the entire segment for me. I feel like Los Angeles Knight is better on the mic than he is in the ring. Yes. I do feel like there was a spot where he leaped over Kofi and Xavier with the trombone. And that was that was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed that. And, you know, I just I hope Wade Barrett is OK after this loss. I hope he didn't take it to heart too much. I hope he recovers. Maybe they went out for a beer after or something and it was OK. It's like, it's all right, buddy. You're going <laughs> to get, get him next time. Top. Go get him, slugger. <laughs> Would you sign my breast? <laughs> um, I like how you're just going to walk away from that one. Like, yeah, that, that bit is over now. <laughs> we did the breast at- signing and we're walking. <laughs> After this match, we see Charlotte. We do. I've decided I'm going to start calling her Charlotte Cher. Instead of Charlotte oh. Flair. Yeah, she looked like she was hosting a key party. Like, she's straight up 70s, like, share outfits at this point. Like, bell yeah. bottoms and lots of skin. And, I mean, I think she looked very pretty. It um, was beautiful. I thought she looked like she raided Seth Rollins' closet a little. I, I just want them all to use the same designer. It would be amazing. Yes. Everybody looks like they're from space. <laughs> So she calls out Rhea and Dom comes out, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, she sent him out. I, I, some of it was pretty awkward. Like I, I don't, when they were like, when she's like talking yeah. about her Latino man. <laughs> and when she like, called him Nino, I was like, this feels derogatory. And Yeah, it, it was, it felt weird to me. I was like, you're married to a Latino man. You, Charlotte are not a latino person (laughs) like i don't know if you should be throwing these things around the way you are you know maybe uh maybe what's comfortable at home is not 100 percent comfortable out of context on smackdown (laughs) (laughs) and that's that could be that could be the case um so i was really hoping that she was gonna beat the shit out of dom i think that would have been amazing just because i always want someone to beat him up yes um but then we got to see Rhea come out and defend his honor And I think it was just in time, too, because, like, 
Charlotte was bringing the sort of questionable, questionable talk about having her Latino husband. And Dominic mm-hmm. was bringing like a lot of deep sexism. Then he starts yeah. talking about Rhea breaking his back during hugs. And Charlotte is talking about her husband's thick dot, dot, dot accent. And I was like, we shouldn't be hearing any of this. This is like two real housewives, like four bottles of Chardonnay in. And they are just about to start like ripping extensions. <laughs> well, and like. Dominic was also about to start, you know, talking about sex talk between him and Rhea. And I was just like, yeah. no, 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 no. So no, glad no. to see Rhea. Like, please, mommy, please save like, us from this. She understands a little modicum of, you know, a little modesty now and then. She likes the reveal, too, just like you do. Keep something secret. Keep it private. Exactly. That That's for you. That's for you to have, not for everyone else to have. Absolutely. So, uh... I enjoyed this. I thought maybe they were going to wrestle right then, which would have been a fun preview. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't. And that made me kind of sad. I kind of thought, too, that Charlotte might just beat the shit out of Dominic. And I was like, ooh. I know. That would have been amazing. That's what I was hoping <laughs> for. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to spend a bunch of time on the next match, which was Natalia <laughs> and Shayna Baszler. Um, You've got 45 seconds. Go. <laughs> There was a moment that I was extremely confused about, and I want to know if maybe you know what's going on. Well, first of all, I thought it was stupid that Shayna came out to Rhonda's music. That pissed me off. I hated it. Um, but the other thing was, Rhonda yelled at Tegan. I might not have this exactly right, but you're done now, Skittles. You'll be tasting the rainbow. Yeah, I think sometimes um, <laughs> Ronda Rousey is in her own world. Like, at first, I, like, I honestly thought, I was like, was that some kind of slur? But I A was really like... weirdly executed one? I was like, some kind of weird, like, homophobic slur? Because, you know, like, I don't know. It was like this whole thing. I was just like, what's happening right now? What the fuck is she talking about? But... I didn't know if it was some older thing that she used to call, like, Tegan's nickname was that or something, Skittles. And, like, I I have no idea. I I mean, I had no idea either. Like, honestly, I thought she just short-circuited a little and started saying weird things. Okay. that's I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I did think, though, that Tegan looked like she was cosplaying as Jeff Hardy. Tegan, I was, like, looking at her and I was like, this is how I dressed in 1995. So like cute. every time she I see always... her, I'm like, she is my childhood. So 90s. Yeah. It's very nostalgic. Um, Well, after this, we see Bray in the funhouse. And there was one question on everyone's mind. Will he show crack? <laughs> he I love that he had crack. glasses on. <laughs> I know. I like his glasses. I like wonder if he wears contacts when he wrestles or if he's just like vaguely kind of like fuzzy as he wrestles or yeah. if those were just vanity glasses Ooh, maybe the, yeah they're just like a hipster fashion statement they could be i don't know um i liked howdy's uh, uncle howdy's weather report <laughs> yeah a lot was happening like it was very overstimulating it really was and then bray was wearing an uncle howdy mask at one point but it was like kind of like black yeah. It like didn't it wasn't like the mask Uncle Howdy wears. It was like a mask of Uncle Howdy's mask. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it feels like we're back to our commentaries on identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll I'm go ready. full circle cuz I think I think your paper is timely. 
You know, there's a, there's never a bad moment to enter the discourse, and Bray is proving that again and again. It's great. I'm enjoying it. I don't. I have to say though, like I still don't love the Funhouse stuff. I find it kind of grating. I guess like all yep. the like loud stuff. I mean, I know that's kind of the point of it, but it's like I don't know. I like Bray doing Bray stuff. I don't need Bray and like a hundred puppets and like weird Funhouse stuff. I just want Bray to do weird spooky stuff with Uncle Howdy with smoky noise. I feel like. I feel like the fun house is the epitome of like a cool idea that doesn't work okay like when he explains it it probably sounds great right and then they shoot it and you're like "Uh, oh okay great cool (laughs) yeah i yeah i mean yeah i don't know like for spooky factor or like creepy factor i get it like the puppets are kind of creepy but like sure I don't know. I, it feels played out to me. Yeah, I I keep thinking I miss the L.A. Knight portion of this. Yeah, we need to get these two <laughs> back together. But he's like, he wants to bother um, Bobby Lashley. So he's on that kick now. Yeah, and I feel like that's just going to be unsatisfying. I wonder how Bray chooses his victims. <laughs> it's very I imagine complex. it's just like a dartboard. I'm just like throws things the dartboard is uncle howdy's face he shows doubts darts at uncle howdy's face when the moon is high bray wyatt strips naked covers himself in lamb's blood and walks backward to the firefly funhouse once there he pulls names out of a hat it actually gets really simple right at the end he wants to live deliciously don't we all (laughs) so we see Jimmy and Solo backstage again because he keeps popping up and this time Jimmy gets the message that he's got to take care of Jay or Roman will take care of Jay and I'm guessing that means murder. I think it does. I mean I I think it's like take care of him in the mafia sense. Yeah not in like the make sure he eats sushi and or steak if he's hungry on the on the bus. No, like, he's not going to give him a nice meal, hand him a sweater, and be like, you know, if you ever need to talk about things, I'm here. Absolutely not. Bloodline would be a lot better if he had done that a long time ago. That's true. Well, (laughs) let's jump ahead a little bit to more Jimmy. But this time, Jimmy's in the ring. Because he said earlier... At a crossroads. Earlier, I can't get a hold of Jay, so I'm just going to go in the ring and hope for the best. And he's got this emotional thing where he's just like, I'm always going to be here for you. I'm always there. And who shows up? Not Jimmy. Not Jay. Sorry. (laughs) But Sami Zayn. Did you expect Sami Zayn to show up? You know, I guess I should have, but I didn't. I I really thought Jimmy and Jay were going to have it out and Jimmy wouldn't be able to take care of him. And then. Yeah, I didn't expect Sammy. Um, No. And then I thought Jimmy was just immediately going to try to kick Sammy's ass. But Sammy got to have this whole like conversation where now that you know he's out of the bloodline he can finally see how toxic the bloodline is and he's just like you know family didn't do family doesn't do what your family does i think sammy came to share his new podcast entitled men finally talk about their feelings with sammy zane a man who is getting a lot better at talking about his feelings would you listen to that podcast oh my god religiously (laughs) I would if he talked but about yeah, KO I, a lot. I think he would probably talk about KO okay. a lot. 
but it's it's good right like he's the scales have been lifted from his eyes he gets it now it's true he does he get sees it that, like and i'm glad the bloodline is a mess it just hurts people yeah who shows up though it's jay jay shows up it's jay and sammy is trying to get jimmy to like come free you know like break free yeah let's do our own thing it's gonna be great and then of course sola comes out to try to beat up sammy and sammy has to run away i had a thought when sammy ran away and he's kind of standing in the crowd and he's like looking you know doing the looking back thing that wrestlers always do but he's like embedded in the crowd yeah like and i saw people standing around him i know they're probably told like you cannot touch them but it's like if a wrestler was standing, like a wrestler especially that I love, Sami Zayn or whomever, were standing next to me in a crowd, and like this is different from like them standing on the other side of the barricade, right, where they're really close to you, but they're like literally standing next to you, I don't know what I would do. Like, I don't know what I would, I don't know how these people are just like, oh, I'm just going to take a quick picture. I feel like I would fucking freeze and cry or something. I would, I would get probably very, very overwhelmed, and then with like, the tip of my little pointer finger <laughs> i would reach out and like touch the hem of his garment lovingly and then pull it back and then immediately shame. get tackled by security immediately die to the point that like sammy would be like guys come on she's a frail middle-aged woman leave her alone <sighs> someday we're gonna be that age where it's like she's just a sweet old lady <laughs> <laughs> I would be super psyched and not handle it well, for sure. Is there anything else you'd like to say about SmackDown? I don't think so. Just that, you know, I am I am really interested to see how... It's like when you leave a cult and you get deprogrammed, right? Like, you can't just walk away. You have to break away from everything. And Sammy is deprogrammed. And Jay may or may not be deprogrammed. But I think getting Jimmy and Solo there is going to be a hell of a task. This reminds me of Plato's Allegory of the Cave. Ooh. So um, the basic idea is that there's these people chained in a cave, in a dark cave, and they're forced to look ahead at a wall. Like their necks are chained. Like they can't move at all. They just stare ahead. And behind them is a, um, there's a fire behind them casting light. And then there's puppets that are making shadows on the wall that they can see. And so they're like, oh, this is reality. And one day, one of the prisoners breaks free and goes out into the actual sunlight and is like, holy shit, you guys. And he like comes back in and he's like, you wouldn't believe what I saw. This is fucking incredible. And I feel like that's Sammy. Sammy's like going back in to get Jimmy out. And Jimmy's like, no, this is the way it is. This is a real world. And Sammy's like, no, dude, everything's so much better out there. And it, it makes perfect sense because, like, Jimmy has always been the hardcore team player. He has. So it's it's going to be tough for him, but I wish them all the best. I do, too. Well, we don't have to leave Jimmy and Solo behind for long. <laughs> they won't be without us for long. As we get Raw. We sure do. Uh, Raw opens with Jimmy and Solo. <laughs> okay. We have to talk about this for a minute okay? because, as you know, over the past weeks and months, I have become a bloodline finger saluteologist. Ooh, yes. In which I 
have been relentlessly tracking who does and does not raise the finger salute the finger of allegiance and how long they do it you know all this stuff mm-hmm. solo did not finger salute he doesn't usually does he I, so it's 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 hit or miss right oh, okay and i'm i'm starting to feel like i am like the bloodline version of QAnon with this <laughs> shit like pretty soon it's gonna be like oh yeah actually jay's not missing they ground him up to make adrenochrome or something you know like i'm in too deep <laughs> well when i am in too deep i did take note when he didn't salute and i was then i was like well does he doesn't he always not salute like i was thinking like because solo solo is just like i'm just here to be with my brothers He's not that end of the bloodline, but he is into an entire bus full of sushi. And honestly, who can blame oh, him God. for that? I would be too. So there's this line. I think Jimmy says it because Solo doesn't talk. Family fights all the time. Yeah. I think. Or one of the announcers. I can't remember who said it. And I was like, well, unless you're yeah, like my Jimmy. family, where we just keep it all in and never address it. <laughs> It's like, um, my family's from New England, so we <laughs> seethe quietly and go home early. Okay, thank you. Everybody's real <laughs> passive aggressive. And the only time they ever make any real direct comments is if you're fat. So mm-hmm. Jimmy is saying that nobody's going to defeat the bloodline. Like, the bloodline is, like, impenetrable. Everything's yes. going to be okay. Street profits come out. Yeah, they do. Did you notice that Jimmy was like totally laughing at Montez and he was trying not to? You could tell he was just completely enjoying Montez Ford. How could he not? Jimmy breaks so easy and like (laughs) I have nothing but sympathy for him on that front because like, I mean, I remember being in classes with you where we were supposed to be doing something very serious and you were just going to look at me and of course I'd be laughing my ass off getting in trouble. I am the Jimmy Uso. (laughs) Leave Jimmy Uso alone. It was so. I looked at him. I saw him, and he like turned away from the camera. And I was like, "This is awesome." Yeah. Um. Montez called Jay the bridge that keeps the bloodline together. I mean, I, I think that's very insightful, Montez, because like when he's, when he's talking about how family fights all the time, and like it's so transparent, and I think he did a really good job portraying. This guy who's like just trying to hold it together. Yeah. He is the bridge. He's mm-hmm. Montez is right. Yeah. And do you think this is like a possible preview of like tag team champ uh successors? Because I feel like I they could it. take the I feel like they could take the titles from the Usos. Yeah, I think the Street Profits are ready. I mean, I was kind of hoping that they were going to challenge them for the titles, mm-hmm. not just to a regular match or anything or just a fight. Yeah. And that Jimmy would be like, oh, well, Jay's not here. And that Adam Pierce would finally be useful for once and toddle out and be like, well, actually, under the Freebirds rules that y'all have been <laughs> operating under, I know. go to it. Because then I feel like that would make next friday when roman and jay are brought together for a reckoning Oof. even more see intense the, you should put that in a letter to dad maybe somehow he can like get that match before the reckoning happens like on the same show Let's see what i can do um did montez say i'm the one bitch before he headbutted jimmy 
He did. He yelled, I'm the one bitch. And it was great. And I understand what Bianca Belair sees in him. I feel like it would be something that you would you would say like a in a in a movie where like one woman would say to another woman and like they're fighting over a dude or something and she just slaps her in the face. Yeah. I'm the one bitch. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Me too. Um, So Jimmy and Solo win this impromptu match mm-hmm. and they start beating up the Street Profits as they are wont to do. And KO shows up. Yeah, and wreak some havoc. I um, I mean, I'm always happy to see KO. There's, there's no denying it, right? Mm-hmm. But this idea that like the bloodline is getting hammered on all sides now, right? Like Sammy's fucking with them. Who knows what Jay is doing now? KO is here, and it's like KO and Sammy are on these parallel vigilante journeys, mm-hmm. and they just need to heal and come together and vigilante together. I know. I agree. They would be so much more powerful together. I know. I see it. They don't. It's going to happen eventually. I have faith. We're going to get there. I have faith. Um, I really liked just how extremely pissed off KO and Solo looked. Like, <laughs> yeah. Solo looked like he was going to murder the shit out of KO. So I really thought that was a good bit of angrifying on his part. I know they've wrestled before, but I feel like we should give those two more opportunities to try to murder each other. It was fun last time. I know. Aren't they res- are they wrestling next week? I don't remember. I'm a bad okay, fan. So a I can't remember either. It's okay. Host. I like it's always a surprise every week. It's like I don't remember. <laughs> it's it's like having mild dementia. Everything <laughs> is new and exciting to me. <laughs> um so after this there's some marketing that happens and I wanted to like ask you about this because it was some of the weirdest shit I have ever seen in my life is this like marketing package for Apollo 3 and oh my gosh yeah this was nuts intermingled with like Edge's comeback story and I was like this is this weird this it reminded me of something like like a student would have made for some kind of like video essay or like it was a video representation of an essay someone would have made like I see the comeback story in Apollo, much like the comeback story for Ed. Like it was so weird. It's it. It did feel like that. It felt like a student assignment where they didn't really understand the instructions. Yeah. And they put together this thing that made perfect sense to them, but anyone watching it is just like, "Are you shitting me? What's happening right now?" I was like, when they introduced it, like Kevin Patrick was talking, and he was like introducing the segment. Like I didn't understand what he said. I was like, what? And then they showed it, and I was like, what? <laughs> it was so weird. I feel like... I wonder if perhaps, like, you know, we agreed to do this thing, and then everyone forgot about it <laughs> until an hour yeah. before the show. And then they were like, take 20 minutes and stitch together whatever you can find. It doesn't have to make sense. It just has to be done. Yeah, it was really strange. I'm like, what are these parallels? I don't... I... Like, mm. I haven't seen the Apollo movies, so, like, I don't know. Does Creed get injured and, like, fights his way back into fighting shape? Maybe that a parallel would make sense. I don't know. It's it's very similar because he's a young, up-and-coming fighter making his way to the top, and Edge is a 49-year-old man who sometimes wrestles with his wife. Yeah. I mean, that's... They're, totally the same. It's the same story. 
Yeah. So I thought that was just bizarre. I had to share that. <laughs> so after that weirdness, we see Brock Lesnar in the VIP lounge waiting for MVP. It looks like the jankiest furniture I've ever seen. It was kind of like a Rent-A-Center. <laughs> it really was. Like, did they pull these? Yeah. So this was held at the Van Andel Arena in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I'm guessing they pulled this furniture from somewhere out in the Van Andel Arena. I've been to the Van Andel Arena many times, so it wouldn't surprise me. That seems like the vibe of that furniture. It's like a waiting room somewhere. It was raided. <laughs> it felt like Create it. Create this look. Like when he sat down on that love seat, I was like, that love seat is old and broken down. It's seen better days. So I found this segment kind of funny because, well, one, and I mentioned to this to you before we started recording, was like Brock Lesnar like talked a ton in this segment, which kind yeah. of blew my mind. And he did a pretty good job. He did. He was a little more natural. Yeah. Maybe he felt a little more in his element. Yeah. Um, on that old ass love seat I thought it was funny that MVP was explaining like okay Brock can kick any man's ass but he can't beat a giant right yes so then my brain started going man beats man Brock beats man (laughs) giant beats Brock and man and I was like trying to come up with some sort of like rock paper scissors situation but I absolutely couldn't like I was just like okay and then my brain like jumped onto some other topic what if it's like more of a Jurassic Park scenario where it's like <laughs> Brock beats man, Omas beats Brock, Rhea Ripley inherits the earth? <laughs> I would be 100% fine with that. <laughs> she deserves it. She does. Um, the So like when they're like doing the moonshine stuff, which I assume that's what white lightning is. I think that's another name for moonshine. Like Brock takes the yeah, sip so. and like MVP doesn't want to take a sip of it. And I was just like, look, Brock, COVID is still very much a thing. If MVP doesn't want to drink your potential COVID booze, I don't think you should be sharing mouth surfaces right now. Right. And I mean, it's flu season. It's RSV season. Yeah. Like, I've had a lingering head cold for approximately 17 days now. Like, no, let's cut back on drinking out of each other's moonshine flasks right now. <laughs> Although the moonshine might be potent enough to kill any problems that you have. So I don't know. Maybe it's a win-win. Maybe, that's, maybe it was a failure of communication. Like, Brock was really angry that MVP didn't understand that alcohol is sterilizing. Yeah, it's like a self-cleaning flask. Right. So I... During... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. This is not important, but... During this segment, any time Brock looked delighted, <laughs> I kept thinking he looked like David the Gnome. David. Oh, from that, though he has a little red hat? From the adventure, yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's apropos. <laughs> yeah. I don't really care about MVP and Brock Lesnar. I don't really care that much about Brock Lesnar and Omas. Brock Lesnar versus Omos at WrestleMania is when I will make more cheese sticks. Brock will win. I don't think Omos has a chance. Like, this is just silly. No. I'm excited for your cheese sticks, though. I mean, they'll probably be legit. <laughs> I would like to jump ahead a bit if you're oh, amenable. Yeah, let's time travel. Uh, So we see Byron with Baron backstage. And L O L O L O L once again, <laughs> his interview gets cut off because something more interesting is happening nearby. And 
I mean, he was vulnerable with us, right? He's like, I am in pain. I am doubting myself. What if everyone agrees? And Byron is like, look, this is fucking fascinating, my dude. But like actual adults are talking. So. <laughs> and I can't say that I blame Byron. I would much rather listen to KO than than Baron. So. Um, no, a good choice, Byron. Well done. KO reinforced what he was saying before about like, I don't need anybody's help, especially not that Sami Zayn guy, even though he didn't say that. I also, I really liked, like, he's not worried about the consequences. He thinks the bloodline should be. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're suffering the consequences of their actions. And other people, they're suffering, too. It's like, oh, who are they, Kevin? Who are those other people? Yeah. Yep. Are they Are they maybe someone who deserves a chance to make things right? Like a a, a, a really long hug? Like a longing look? <laughs> Of understanding? Yeah. Like, just just some glances. Just some glances with affection. Why are you insisting you don't need any help, Kevin? You already told us that. Do you think we don't believe you, or do you not believe you? Like, how much of this is just off the cuff, and how much is it scripted, Kevin? Because if it's off the cuff, you're really giving yourself away here, buddy. It's just... You know, it's years of hurt, man. It is years of There's a lot hurt. of build up there. A lot. Have you been paying attention to like some of the no. segments where like Kevin and, <laughs> and and Corey will be talking and there's like the WrestleMania theme music playing? No, no, I haven't. This year's WrestleMania theme is less than zero by the weekend. Oh it's yeah. It's like so gentle. It's like the gentlest WrestleMania music I've ever heard in my life. Like I kind of like it because I mean, I don't love the weekend, but like I'll take the weekend over that one motherfucker. Um Hardy. Hardy, thank you. Like yes, please. But it's like this really like chilled out kind of nice music. Yeah. It doesn't feel WrestleMania like, to me. It feels like if you could go to the club in the afternoon before it got crowded. <laughs> yeah. That's the vibe. You're just sitting having a cocktail. <laughs> I kind of like, it doesn't feel like a pay-per-view song to me. And yeah. I feel like this happens whenever they go pop. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, where are the dudes with guitars yelling about like hate fucking? Well, they, I, that's, <laughs> that's what we do. Didn't, wasn't the WrestleMania theme one year, that Flo Rida song, the Welcome to My House? Yeah, that felt was. like it, that felt like a a happy pay per view song, but it still also didn't feel like a WrestleMania song because they always use those yeah. shitty metal songs. You know, when I cut them some slack that year because one of my secret shames is that I've never heard a Florida song that I didn't instantly love. I think that's the only Florida song I know. That's the only one I know by he- name, anyway. There's the blow my whistle song. Oh, There's going down for real. Wow, I mean, we can talk about this. We later. should because I'm curious. <laughs> Um, so we, we were treated to another, uh, WrestleMania goes Hollywood ad. And, um, I was really sad at first when I saw that it was going to be a Titanic one, because as a person who was an adult human being, when Titanic came out as a person who worked at a movie theater in a small town where Titanic played for like over a year. No. I hate this movie so much. It played forever. One summer, I think it was one summer when I was working there, there were these three, like, tweens who came in every single day to see it. Every day. Their parents gave them money to go watch Titanic every single day in the summer. 
That's an obscene amount of money, and I am hurt for them. I'm hurt for them, but I'm also like they were super happy. So I guess like it was a great, a great life they were having. They loved going to see Titanic. Like it was just these they have three girls having the best time together. Because I'm guessing they love Leo. They have to live with the knowledge that they spent a summer doing that, though. He's too old for that. As adults. They're too old for him now at this point, though. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) They were, like, probably 13, maybe, at the time, so they were getting there, but... Right, they were almost ready. (laughs) They missed their window. Sad. But the ad was quite good. It was Montez and Bianca, and it was very cute. Yeah, I, I felt like... They were like a tiny bit awkward, but also like really cute and endearing. And like, they're just both beautiful and lovable and I support everything they do. I love when he was like, give me your hand. And she's like, which hand? Which hand? (laughs) That was my favorite part. Yep. Me too. It was so cute. So I didn't love this one as much as I loved the Seth and Becky one because the Seth and Becky one was like, I think goofier in a way. Yes. But I thought this was really funnier. I enjoy it. I'll give it a 7 of 10. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. After this, we see Judgment Day. And they're doing kind of what I can only call a, like a clip show, kind of. Like, do you remember like clip shows where they'd be like, the cast of a TV show would be like, si- like, I'll use Golden Girls, for example. I'm pretty sure they had a clip show. They're like sitting around yep. the kitchen table talking and like, remember that time when I did this? And then it like shows the clip. I felt like that's what they were doing. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's very, very astute. It was pretty funny. Like, we're going to summarize all the things we're doing. And then Finn challenged Edge at WrestleMania. You know, Finn keeps giving. He knows what you like, and he's going to give it to you. He's, like, challenging people left and right. I mean, I think on SmackDown, didn't he challenge? Or was it Raw? At some point, he challenges Johnny Gargano to wrestle, and, like, now he's challenging Edge. He's just, like, really going out there for it. He's very edgy, very bitchy, and he's just, like, scrapping with everybody. Yeah, he's got ants in his pants. Mm-hmm. Did that, do you know if that match was made official? I don't remember. I don't remember okay. either, but I'm, I'm guessing. An official WrestleMania match. with. I think that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I mean, I like both of them very, very much, and I'm curious to see, like, how we wind down this beef between them. So how uh, Beth Phoenix is there to support him, And also how Christian shows up to support edge as well. That would be, that would be amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Oh my God. Every time, so every time we watch AEW and Christian is on it, I'm like, what are you doing? He's on AEW. This is not where you belong. He is. Is yeah. he wrestling? Uh, you know, he's been injured, I oh, think. Okay. Or I can't tell if it's a real or a pretend oh, injury yeah. because I didn't see the Genesis. Okay. So, like, but he's 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 not, like, a, a commentator. He's, like, a performer. No. Okay. No, he's a performer. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Damn it. But obviously that's a problem and he needs to come home. I know. Be with Edge would be so, and Beth. I would die. I would love that so much. I know. I came to love them through you, obviously, because I didn't see them in their heyday. But I am, f- I am full in. Yeah. Oscar and Carmella face off. They sure do. Again, I don't give a shit about Oscar and Carmella. I love Oscar. Um, I love that Oscar wins. I'm always happy when Oscar yes, wins. I love that for her too. I love that Oscar was like Bianca. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> get out here like just <laughs> come on here like screaming at her i love that um and like Bianca, like you always point out, just comes out and she's like, our match is going to be great, right? Like she's just very much like she's not a I'm great and you're shit kind of person. And I love that about her. I feel like it's very clear that she's been playing team sports her whole life. And she's like a good member of a team sport. Yeah, like she's the, she's the captain who actually like psychs everybody up. Yes. Understands that everybody brings a different skill and she's just like really happy they're all here and going to have a great game. She's the one clapping at everybody's like individual sport, yep. like yelling for them. She's the best. She really is. Like I can't think of a single thing I dislike about Bianca Belair. I know. I know. Um Carmela slams into them from behind and is yelling that she is the best, not Bianca. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel like all of my thoughts towards Carmella are uncharitable. <laughs> Mine too. But I'm very afraid that they are going to shoehorn her into this match somehow. Yes. Like make it a three-way? Yes. And I, I don't want that for so many reasons. Like the shrieking is a big one. Um, yeah. But I also just I want to see Bianca and Oscar wrestle like uninterrupted, just them. Yeah, I do too. I find I'm that's going to be a really cool match, and I'm afraid they are going to shoehorn her in, and it's just like yuck. That's all I can say is yuck. Hate it. Hate it. Well, let's hop ahead to see the Miz because the Miz is finally going to tell us what Maurice's gift was. You know, I had an interesting realization during this Ooh. segment. Because, like, we've been complaining about how Cody talks about Carmella and how it's, like, a lot. Yes. But The Miz talks about how hot Maurice is all the time, and it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me either. And I I don't know what the... Maybe it's because I agree with him. I don't know what the difference is. I want to understand it. I feel like Maurice has, like, a depth that Carmella hasn't shown as a character maybe that's it maybe i just love maurice so i want her praises sung i mean i think that could be it like carmella we've only seen as a really two-dimensional character honestly like she's been the same yeah. character since she first showed up with what's his face and the other what's his face way back when oh enzo amore and big cast yes so like she's always been that same character and like i i just wonder if yeah i don't know if she did like a different kind of character maybe we'd like her more because it's just like the same thing that it's been for like seven years now or something i don't know mella is not money for us she's like a payday loan with extremely high interest rates i think it's also the case that like she sort of we talked about this before but she came in out of nowhere again and now she's like yeah already getting these like important matches and it's just like why are we doing this so nope i think that's all fair very fair um Miz was wearing like what looked like kind of a velvet smoking jacket of sorts, which I really enjoyed. It was it was a lot, but he made it work, as the Miz often does. He's a stylish MF. Uh, so the big news is that he's hosting WrestleMania, which is fine. I mean, I think he'll do a great job, but that's not as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Also, like, how is this a gift that Maurice got him? I don't know. What did she do? Maybe she wrote a letter to dad. Maybe that's the problem. His dad is so busy reading Maurice's letters that he has no time for mine, which I get hers are probably more interesting. Well, it's also that goddamn Chelsea Green gumming up the works. 
Right. She is a problem. <laughs> With all her stupid letters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Seth interrupts during this, wearing one of, I think, my favorite outfits of his. I love that big black fluff- fuzzy coat. Yeah, it looks cozy. Um, and um, best part was he was calling Miz a beehole. Yeah, that made me laugh really, really hard. And of course, Miz being as fantastic as he is insinuates that he's an a-hole not a b-hole mm-hmm. um so, so you know our worst th- fears are coming true right this is devolving yeah. into a seth rollins versus logan paul showdown at wrestlemania um i wanted to ask you about this didn't we leave it that the miz and logan paul were not friends I, Were they not enemies after Logan Paul defeated the Miz at a pay-per-view? I th- I thought so. I don't but I guess I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just asking questions. No, I think it's a good question to ask. I hadn't really thought of that because I know they keep saying like you're his mentor, blah blah blah. I mean, I I think that was true, but then there was also like the shove your mentor aside and defeat him at yeah, a pay per view, which is a classic narrative arc. Well, it also they also insinuated that Logan Paul is not friends with Miz, but Miz wants to be friends with Logan Paul. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the kind of guy Miz is. Right? He's got a lot of famous friends who do not actually think of or acknowledge him. I think that's also the kind of guy Logan Paul is. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a meta trash, trash a. So I'm not excited about this. I I will continue to hate Logan Paul. I feel like Seth is doing the utmost. Yeah. Here. I feel like the Miz is doing the utmost and Logan Paul is just you know, he's not gonna stop being Logan Paul. There isn't a solution to that problem for me. No, he's garbage. Mm-hmm. Well a little bit later on we see Bobby Lashley taking on Elias. We do. Which was kind of a match. I kind of just don't understand why it was happening. I'm sure something happened in a previous week that this became a match, but you know how my memory is. Well, I also feel like this whole Raw, like a lot of the matches that, because, you know, we're only talking about the things we were genuinely interested in, right? Yeah. A lot of these matches are fine matches, but they feel like they exist in a vacuum. I'm like, what are we yeah. doing? Yeah, they're one-offs, right? Like, it's like the thing, yeah. which is fine. I mean, one-off matches should happen in wrestling, but... It's like we talked Absolutely. about last week. It's like we're in stasis. We're just like trying to tick off the days until WrestleMania happens. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like they're going to shoot themselves in the foot sometime when they do this. Like as yeah. soon as January 1st hits, it's like road to WrestleMania, motherfuckers. Like, you know, and so it's just like four months of waiting. It kind of undermines st- everything that happens before WrestleMania, I think. We got to the finish line a little too soon on some of these build-ups. Yeah. Now there's no more build-up. Yeah. I mean, there could be. You could get creative. There's definitely space for creativity, but this Raw did not showcase that, and this match for me was one of those things that did not showcase it. Yeah, it was weird and fast. It felt like a squash match. It felt like we need to have Bobby Lashley out so he can do a promo. I don't know why they couldn't have just right. done this where he stands in the ring and talks wearing a suit. Um. When he first started talking, I was like, oh, is he just going to talk about Brock every week now? Is this a thing? But then um, he starts talking about Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt sh- shows up in a, in a manner of speaking to treat us but as something really, very special. 
It was maybe the best moment of the night. <laughs> maybe the best moment of Raw of all time. That's so weird. Do you want to say it or do you want me to say you, it? You can say it. I'll let you have that gift. You got to pull up your pants for the muscle man dance, <laughs> which involves wiggling your behind and erasing your mind. Do the muscle man dance. The muscle man dance. Like... <laughs> What on earth, Bray? <laughs> so I had a thought while this, I had many thoughts while this was playing. Like, it was amazing. But I was also thinking, like, is Bray really bad with rhythm? You know, some people just cannot keep rhythm. Or was yeah. it like Bray sang this little song and then they tried to find some sort of backing music that kind of matched the beat? Because, like, he was never really on beat. And, like, his dancing was definitely not on beat. So <laughs> I don't know if maybe he's just really lacking all rhythm. I think it's probably, like, two paths converging in a yellow wood. Like, they added the music afterwards, just whatever they could find. <laughs> but also, Bray dances like a dad at a wedding after four rum and cokes. I mean, this was such a gift. I really want, a mu like, a muscle man dance t-shirt. Absolutely. I want to learn to do the muscle man dance. I need to like go back and find that clip or like go on YouTube yeah. and find it because it was I, I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have when it was happening because I was like thinking about, you know, talking about it. It's so great. If this was the early aughts, a time when for all of December, I would have Lady Gaga's Christmas tree as my ringtone. Yes. Remember when we used to have like custom ringtones? Yeah, I still do. I would... A hundred. I didn't mean it's a bad thing. Just I feel like it's less common now. It is. I feel like it. Well, for our generation, for sure. I feel like if it, I was in that time, I would a hundred percent have a yes. muscle man dance ringtone. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. There are sometimes in the iTunes store for ringtones, like wrestling themes, theme songs. Ooh. Like I had, I had Finn's original demon, like theme song for a while. Like I don't know. 10 years ago or well That's less than delightful. less than 10 years ago um yeah that was awesome that'd be great do the muscle man dance let's keep that in your back pocket for the future <laughs> uh as you shake your behind and erase your mind <laughs> a few a few segments later we see kathy backstage with paul Heyman, and i've been paying i've been trying to pay closer attention to when paul speaks because you've mentioned a few times how it seems like paul's really trying to undermine roman and yeah. i think that's a really interesting point that you've brought up and i just like haven't been thinking about it so i've been trying to like pay extra attention i don't know that he did any of that here but um if you noticed it let me know but um cody is going to be on smackdown on friday he announced it he's like i'm going to be on smackdown and Paul is now saying that's kind of like an act of war, right? He's invading SmackDown, even though the bloodline invades everything all the time. Of course, classic. But, you know, rules for the bloodline. Yes. Not for everybody else. Do as I say, don't do as I do. Like, Cody's going to cross the streams, and I'm very, very excited for it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I hope we get a preview. I wanted a preview with Rhea and Charlotte. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, Cody kind of touched on this at one point about how, like, he's not getting any FaceTime with Roman. Yeah. Like, he's just sort of on his own and Roman is on his own. And, like, I want to see them collide. I want to see them, like, 
just interact. I know. I want to see some like shit talking at each other before we see this huge match at WrestleMania. I wondered if we might get some kind of like grudging six man tag situation next week mm. with Cody, Sammy, and KO. Ooh. I would versus love that. some assortment of bloodline. That's a six man tag I could get behind. That uh that's not a Teddy Long special. That's <laughs> legit. It is not. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that uh confrontation. Hopefully it'll be something interesting. Yeah. I have a quick question for you. So hit me with it. After Paul is like talking to Kathy and he walks away, Kathy has the look on her face that so many like backstage quote unquote reporters have when they talk to wrestlers, which is like microphone down. They look slightly disconcerted or like disappointed. And it it feels like that happens frequently with backstage reporters. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, why do you think they do that? Because here we go. I'm going to try to put logic where logic shouldn't exist. Um, yeah. I feel like shouldn't they have some kind of like disconnectedness because they're supposed to be reporters like they're just like reporting the news of what's going on but they often kind of look like hmm after they talk to somebody I mean I feel like frequently wrestlers insult them which may be part of their struggle that's true that's true um you know maybe it's like they are just reporters but it's so hard to get their scoop because they'll <laughs> ask about one thing and then the wrestler will be like let me talk to you about something completely different that frequently doesn't make any sense. Kavorka. Yeah, you're right. I think that's a good point. It was just something that occurred to me. I was like, this is like I see them making this face so often. It's, <laughs> like, it's not easy in journalism right this now. This is not what I expected when I went to journalism school. <laughs> it's like, I dreamed about being the next Barbara Walters, and this man is just sweating on me, and I don't know what to do with that. So... Uh, we see, so the, um, Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves, they're doing some, like, summarizing of, like, what, what's happening next week on Raw, and they're, like, talking about the matches coming up, and they make this comment that Bianca has a really tough match coming up against Carmella next week. A yeah. really tough match. Really tough. Um, do we think that's a tough match? Because I don't feel like that's a tough match. Maybe it's one of those things where if Corey talks about how tough it is, it'll like <laughs> convince Carmella that, and you know, maybe she's got the Kavorka and we don't know it. <laughs> maybe she does. When he first said Kavorka, I'm not going to lie. The first thing that popped into my head was Jack Kavorkian. And I was <laughs> like, was this some kind of weird Kavorkian reference? But it's not. I feel like it's like a it's like a reverse psychology psych up where Corey's like, yeah, it's going to be a real tough match. You know, she's going to have a hard time taking you on. And Carmella may have been experiencing some doubt, but now she's just like, I am a legitimate threat. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. Hmm? So I don't know. I don't if she beats Bianca, I'm going to be quite disappointed slash upset. I'm going to take my toys and go home at that point. It's just silly. It's silly. Okay. Yes. Should we move on to the main event of the night? We better before we get incensed. Uh, Becky and Lita versus Damage Control in a tag team championship match. 
I really like how Becky has been very open about the fact that she has a hard time making friends. (laughs) I mean, I think that's great, right? She hated group work growing up. Who doesn't? I know. I know. I hated it. Um, You know, she's just like one. She likes to be on her own. She's she's the Batman. She's a lone wolf. I felt like EO might have been the MVP of this match as far as like the damage. Like she was doing so much work. I feel like EO is often the MVP of damage control. Yeah. EO is just great. Like I really enjoy watching her work. I do too. I would love to see her have more singles competition or even just more tag team competition because I feel like sometimes they get a little backburnered, which I get. But more EO, please. I agree. I really enjoyed her this match. Um I there was something, I don't know what it was. She did something. It was some kind of flip thing. And I was just like, she's crazy. I think it was when she flipped like, I don't know if it was over the top rope, out of the ring, onto a bunch of people. But I'm always just like, this is so impressive. Like, yeah, Sky, you're really good. And I feel like you don't get the recognition that you deserve. I would really like it if we could make the next three quarters of uh, 2023 eos guy's year yeah why not i mean she's great yeah and we could like you know she could still have bailey or somebody she could have a hype person yeah because she's not like a huge microphone person it feels like there isn't any reason why we couldn't treat damage control the way we treat the new day yeah where they're like a unit but they can also go off and have their side quests individually yeah they can have freebird rules too Mm-hmm. Interchangeable. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. Make it happen, Dad. Part of this match, so this was the first time I really saw Lita wrestle, like ever. Yeah. Um I enjoyed it. There was one bump that EO took that seemed a little scary from um Lita. Lita looked real rough in this match. Okay, she did, right? Because I was like, she seemed yep. kind of pokey and like a little bit off but i was like well it's probably ring rust you know i'm sure like that was like nerves a million different things like i was not i was not trying to be a dick about it but i was like something seems weird here i mean i i think it's a lot of things right like first of all i think we should be honest that wrestlers are working longer in terms of age than they ever have before Mm, yeah right yeah like and i don't mean like coming out for a show and like just a you know, going back or something like a legacy thing, mm-hmm. but like really working. I mean, Edge is a perfect example of that. It's been a while. Like, I don't know when the last time Lita was meaningfully in a ring, which I'm sure no amount of practice is any substitute for that. Yeah. The other thing is that, look, I always have really liked Lita. And I think Lita was doing really cool stuff that other women weren't doing when she was at the prime of her career. But Lita has also never been a technical wonder. Okay. You know, like she's, I think Lita's like daring and gutsiness in the ring often outshone like what I would call her technical skill in the ring, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, and I mean, look, I think that was an unusually rough performance for her. Okay. And I'm guessing that like, it was just off, you know, it had yeah. been a while. and Yeah. Um, I still enjoyed it. Um, yeah. We had a surprise Trish Stratus showing. We did. My heart was 10 times too big. I love Trish. I know you do. And I never saw her wrestle either, but it was really funny because 
my spouse and I like to watch like shitty Hallmark type movies and mm-hmm. Trish Stratus was in one like no yeah it was amazing so she I can't remember what it was called like Christmas in the Rockies or something it's about this like logging company in the Canadian Rockies and like the dad gets injured and the daughter's supposed to go to New York City to be a fancy lawyer but she has to stay behind mm-hmm. to help run the logging company and there's this logging competition every year where it's like they have to do lumberjack things and Trish Stratus wow. is like celebrity lumberjack and like she comes and helps train the person and also slash falls in love with the dad because there's no mom in the picture because mom died a long time ago. That's convenient. So I was like, Trish Stratus, she's done logging. So she came running out and it was fun to see her. Um, I'm going to need to look up that movie immediately because that sounds right up my alley. <laughs> it's great. You I know enjoyed, I love that shit. I enjoyed it. It was really stupid and fun to watch. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I was I was really happy to see Trish back. She is a longtime fave. So there was a part where, <laughs> so we've sometimes talked about like the really great camera work um, of the seventh grade so AV good. club that volunteers to help out on every show. But it seemed particularly rough when Trish was like beating up Bailey, kind of near the end. Like when they did a replay, they had a better angle of it, but it was like yeah. the camera was like zoomed in on the back of Trish's head, and she like kicked bailey or something but i was like i can't see what's happening i have no idea what's going on you've got to understand though i mean these kids are in junior high they all have school the next day they're going through puberty it is a lot to ask them to be the av staff of a weekly broadcast event clearly i expect too much from them i just i want to know like is this a starter job being a wwe cameraman like what is going on is that how you break into real camera work if you are the least awful one you can find work in some other field i don't know i mean oof. so lita and becky win which is very exciting we have new tag team champs i am really excited to see where this goes do you think that so one thought i had was like okay becky and lita have won now they're gonna have a rematch at wrestlemania and damage control will take the belts back. I think I am more expecting like a six woman match mm. at WrestleMania, maybe more where pride is on the line. Okay. But I don't know. I'm open to so many things. Okay. Yeah, I just um I feel like the last time damage control lost their belts, it wasn't for long. No, they got them back right away. Who took them? That's a great question, isn't it? I I remember it happening, but now I don't remember who it was. I remember talking about it with you, and it's just gone. That's okay. It's all right. We don't have to remember everything. By knowledge. (laughs) Or anything. Well, that was Raw for the week. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about regarding Raw? I wanted to ask if you saw the really cute video that WWE posted on Instagram after this match. I saw... Stills from it, I think, where Becky was hugging Seth. Yeah. So what I saw was where Seth came out and Becky kind of like ran out and leapt into his arms. And it was so cute. And everyone was hugging and it was adorable. I love that. I love their love. That's really sweet. I support it. Did you see their uh, Instagram battle about the image of the child with the liquid in a bowl in front of him? I didn't know. So they're having this huge argument because and Becky had like a poll up on her Instagram 
And it's a, it's an image of a bowl with a child like eating some sort of red liquid from a bowl. And it was like, is this Jello or is this soup? And you could vote on which one. And Seth was convinced that it was soup because he's like, that's not Jello. But I feel like the conversation they were having is like, that's what Jello is like before it solidifies. And like, <laughs> I I know that some people will eat like liquefied Jello for some reason. There's a reason behind it. I can't remember. But like, I don't think he really. He's like, that's not Jello. Jello doesn't do that. <laughs> It was like this. So he couldn't accept a world in which Jello was in its liquid state. Exactly. It was, pretty but like funny. soup, even clear soup doesn't look anything like Jello. No, but I was like, maybe it was some kind of like really red tomato soup because it it looks like mm. it's red liquid, but it's not like it didn't look cherry Jello red liquid to me. If that makes sense, I see. But it's pretty. It sounds like we're going back. It was in to her the aspic stories. Era. Oh, so it's probably gone now. It might be. I don't know. Boo. I'm sorry. But if you get a chance, no, it's take okay. a look. I'm sure I can. I'm sure I can find it. Well, that is this past week. I guess I should say in wrestling last week and part of this week. <laughs> if you have been with us for 25 episodes, we thank you very much, and we are excited to make many more as always you can find us on spotify and apple podcasts and at our website wrestlingisforgirls.com you can also wander on over to our twitter if you want wif girls pod and we will definitely talk to you next week 